What is up, everybody? Welcome back. The Challenge All-Stars Episode 4 Recap. I am Luke Duska from Duskapop.com. And here we are. Another great episode. I feel like I say that every week, but this week was probably the best we've had since the first episode of the season. Really enjoyed this one. A ton of drama towards the end and kind of throughout. But towards the end especially, there was plenty of drama that we can get into. And overall, just an awesome episode. Uh, and it's it's sad how it ended. It's sad to see Arissa feel the need to quit the game and just leave um, without competing in the elimination or putting up a fight against Beth. But it's her it's her choice. Uh, we'll we'll get into that and talk about everything. Um, and I just want to start the show off with uh, a few opening major. Um, thoughts that I was thinking throughout the episode before we really get into everything. Um, to start, I've definitely noticed a pattern uh, in each episode. I guess the challenge has probably been like this for uh, the past few seasons, but I never really caught on to the pattern until I started really analyzing the episodes um, to be able to podcast about them. Um, but I, I have noticed a pattern now. Uh, every episode, there's a scene um, with the two competitors that are going to enter into elimination that episode, they come consecutively, they parallel each other, and it's just it's just an, a, a pattern I noticed um, throughout talking about this season. In episode one, we had a, a few comments from Latarian. He ended up going against Ace. We had a scene with Ace. And then episode two, you have Kendall and Trishel. They're the main focus of that episode with the, with the drama there. And then last episode, episode three, we saw Tech uh, get naked and go in the the lake. That was his scene. And then we saw Nehemiah talking with Jemmy. The point is, um, it's just a, it's just an odd pattern I've noticed uh, over the the. It's not odder, uh, really. Uh, it's just a pattern I've noticed over the last uh, few weeks of watching the episodes, really getting in depth with them. That these are how they open. It usually uh, points towards what's going to happen. I, I guess. Um, you guys are listening to this thinking, well, this is on every episode of the challenge in every season. And it's just something that I just observed and noticed uh, as I was watching this one. Uh, I thought it would be funny to mention that. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to, to talk about uh, was uh, this theory I have. Last week I talked about pacing. Pacing still doesn't really make sense for the season. Um, I, I had a, a sort of theory. I know TJ at the beginning of the season talked about how there would be one winner of the $500,000, and that's how the final would play out. There would be one person individually winning, but I really don't see how that's possible. We're now four episodes in. Uh, Four out of nine are complete. We still have 18 competitors in the game. I, I just don't see how it's feasible to continue on like this and not have the final uh, with a bunch of people in it. Which led me to believe, I think production maybe have, might have been rushed. I mean, there's obviously spoilers out, so people know this, but I am unspoiled, so I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe production was rushed, and they had to actually finish the season off with a huge team final uh, and, and a split prize. Kind of back in the day, that was the, the, the format of pretty much every season, so it might work out in that way um, where it's a big team, uh, and they, they all compete to win the game. Um, sort of like a, a gauntlet or inferno-esque 
challenge. And it would make sense for the All-Stars because it is a throwback challenge and you have OGs of the show on the season. It would make sense for the finale to be a team final. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Um, I'm wrong. Maybe they'll speed up the pace in the next few episodes. I've just talked about pacing the last four weeks, so um, at, at some point they have to they have to knock some people off the show because you have 18 competitors and five episodes left. I, I, it doesn't really the math doesn't work out at all. Um, but in the preview to the next episode, DJ does say there's going to be a twist next week. Maybe uh, a pair's elimination. That's what I've been alluding to um, the past last week. I mentioned that. But who knows, honestly. Let's just enjoy this. I guess just enjoying the show is all we have to do. It's already finished, and uh, it's been produced. So the outcome is already happening. There's no need to really speculate about this. It's kind of just useless at this point. But I just came up with that theory as I was watching the episode and thought it would be interesting to raise that question uh, as something that potentially will happen. Um, But who knows. Um, But in other news... Uh, the double agents finale took place last Wednesday. CT and Amber did up win- did end up winning, which was very fun to see because I found myself rooting for them in the final. I wanted CT and Amber to pull it out, and they did pull it out. They dominated. They absolutely destroyed Cam, Corey, Leroy, and Nani in that final. The way you could tell this, the show didn't really mention how how much uh, time they had on the other two teams, how far ahead they were. But you could tell um, when Amber and CT would pull up to a checkpoint, complete it, and leave, uh, there would be no sight of them when Cam and Corey and Nani and Leroy would uh, enter the checkpoint. They were just gone off in the distance. You couldn't – You ne- they never saw them at checkpoints. That's, that's how you could tell they were super far ahead. Apparently, they only got a five-minute head start uh, after the Ice Cave uh, uh, nighttime they spent there. But even if it was only five minutes, they, they pulled off. They took advantage of that five minutes because they were absolutely gone. There was no catching uh, CT and Amber. They tried to dramatize it a bit towards the end where uh, they, they made us believe CT and Amber got lost. That was probably just a trick in the editing. There's no way they got lost. Uh, they finished easily ahead of everyone, and they uh, – Bill Simmons – Bill Simmons mentioned it on his podcast with um, Jacoby that they were standing up when uh, the other teams pulled in, meaning most likely uh, a lot of time had uh, had passed between them finishing and then the other two teams showing up because they were they caught their breath and they were standing there waiting for the other teams to arrive. If you had just finished, you'd be on the ground like they were when they just finished, uh, like tired and dead from running that final which means another world-class performance by CT. Amber really helped out uh, with the running, and then CT just carried them through the checkpoints, and they that combination worked, and they absolutely destroyed um, that final. And it's just awesome to see CT win again, four-time champ. For me, that solidifies him as probably the greatest to ever compete on the challenge. I know Bananas has seven wins, but... His seven wins uh, don't really stack up to CT. CT's won all his seasons towards the newer era of the show. Bananas won the Ruins and the Island, which if you take those away, he has five. He kind of got carried through those. His most impressive wins for me are for sure uh, Rivals. He had a huge, huge competition in that. And then X's was impressive as well. Other than that, 
total madness. You can give him some credit for that. He's aging a bit, and uh, he was able to pull that one off. Rivals 3 kind of ran through that field. It wasn't that good. And then free agents is an impressive win, too. So Bananas has four impressive wins, you could say, and CT has four impressive wins. But if you look back at CT, there's a lot of challenges that got taken away from him. Uh, like the duel, he probably would have won that. The gauntlet 3 definitely should have won that one, too. You can, you can – it's not really – uh, out of this world or um, really extraordinary to say that CT could probably be a seven or eight time champ, which is amazing to think about because that's a lot of championships. But if you think about his seasons uh, and go through them season by season, he really, he could, he could be up there win wise if everything went in his favor. Inferno three is another one. The, the badasses team ran through that season and were able to really dominate uh, that final and win that season. That's another one. CT probably would have won there. There's just a lot of seasons that he would have won if everything went his way. So for me, he's the best of all time. You can put him up against any challenger ever, and he's 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 competing well against them. Landon doesn't have enough track record. Landon would be a four-time champ if everything went in his favor, and kind of should have been. But he he got upset by Brad. He should be four for four, which is wild. Um, but he he just doesn't have the tenure that CT has to solidify him as the goat. You could say Landon's the most talented challenger ever, but he's not the greatest uh, of all time. And that, I think uh, at this point that goes to CT. You don't have to have the most wins to be the greatest. Uh, look at Bill Russell and um, Michael Jordan. You just need to be the best and have the greatest impact. Uh, over a long period of time, and that's, uh, I think CT will stand the test of time. These wins are extremely impressive, and uh, I was just very excited to see him pull that out. Uh, but that's enough double agents talk. This is not a double agents podcast. Um, maybe I will podcast about uh, the challenge season thirty-seven, um, but that is in the future. The all the challenge all stars is now, and thankfully the challenge won't be off the air. Double Agents is over, but we still have this amazing season of All-Stars to consume, and that's very exciting. Uh, but let's get into the the um, the meat of this episode. I got uh, through uh, the little intro part, um, and we can go ahead and break it down scene by scene. We start off with Nehemiah coming home. Um, maybe a little... Uh, we might be pointing towards uh, maybe a, a Nehemiah win, Nehemiah going far in this season um, with the confessional that he has. Nehemiah uh, talks about what he would do with the money. He wants to open a center for underprivileged people um, to learn about financial freedom. Uh, not only is that amazing philanthropic work that a Nehemiah, Nehemiah would be doing, um, uh, it also it's telling us uh, Nehemiah this – it shows us Nehemiah could have this money and he could be using that money and uh, what he would do with it. They don't really give those confessionals to everyone. Um, it's, it's, it's a set amount of individuals that do talk to the viewers like that. Um, so we could be pointing towards a Nehemiah win. I just want to um, point that out to everyone. Uh, like I said, they don't, they don't give that to everyone. And Nehemiah has been successful on this season so far. He's won a couple challenges. He won an elimination last episode. Nehemiah's got a lot of momentum behind him, and uh, that, that confessional just adds to it. So w watch out for Nehemiah. He could be a major player uh, in this one. Next scene, like I talked about earlier, that pattern of showing who will be in the elimination 
uh, in this coming episode, we get a scene with Beth and Cyrus, and then the next scene is with Arissa. Uh, Beth and Cyrus are talking. Uh, Cyrus and Beth are, are great friends. I'm not sure that they were on the same real world, real world season, but they've been friends for a while, uh, and Cyrus has met her family and all. So, uh, Beth is kind of missing her family, too. Uh, she talks about that a lot. And earlier in the season, there's been a lot of previews uh, of someone quitting the show. Beth has been prone to quit in the past. So uh, I th- kind of thought we were heading towards a, a Beth quit in this episode with how they mentioned her family and everything. But thankfully, that's not what happened. Beth is... Uh, I'm not going to say she's been impressive this season. She hasn't really competed uh, all that well. Um, she's kind of just making her way through it. But overall, as a character, she's more enjoyable, I'd say. Um, she just comes off better on these this season uh, than she has in the past. And I, I've been enjoying watching Beth more, and she's been more entertaining to me uh, this season than uh, in the past. I just wanted to point that out. I've been enjoying what Beth's been doing and uh, setting up her elimination later is what we're doing here, but I, I'm, I'm glad she didn't quit. I'm glad Beth's going on to the game. She's a, she's a nice piece to have there and uh, to add entertainment in uh, her Beth ways, but they're not as annoying as the Beth ways of the past. So more enjoyable to watch Beth. Uh, next scene... We go over to Arissa, who explains she's a cannabis chef nowadays. She combines her love of food and weed and uh, uses them together uh, as a cannabis chef. Uh, and she talks about her past on the challenge. I think she was on one season, uh, Battle of the Sexes 2. She made the final and lost. Uh, and she's back, and she talks about wanting to put her stake in the game and being a big competitor, but her actions in this episode don't really point towards that never really got a lot out of Arissa wasn't really enjoying watching her per se she was just there and that's pretty much it she's I mean last episode when she talked about summoning the sun during the challenge I was funny but other than that she hasn't really offered anything we get another confessional it's Mark talking about how he feels close to Arissa setting up for what what'll go down later Mark, bad episode for Mark. Uh, we'll we'll get into it, but I was impressed with Mark last week. Not as impressed this week. Mark, uh, in my mind, he struggled a bit this episode. His strategy and line of thinking wasn't really on point. I I pointed him out as uh, he he's really gaming this this season so far. But today, but this this episode in particular, I think he struggled with expressing what he was trying to do in the game to the viewers, and it, it came off as choppy and, and sloppy gameplay. I, I understand where he's coming from. Well, I'll get into it with the lightsaber and all, but I just want to keep working through the scenes here. Um, but Mark and Arissa uh, set up. Mark, they're not, I don't think they're really close. I think the producers are probably fabricating a bit of this, but Mark says he wants uh, Arissa to stay in the game. Um, but <laughs> his actions don't really uh, prove that. Next scene, um, Katie and Derek. Katie's, uh, she technically does go into elimination, but not really. Um, she gets saved, but uh, another scene with her. Katie and Derek are talking. Katie is explaining to Derek that she's not as much of a layup as the people at the house think. Believe it or not, she was actually training before she uh, went to the show. Um, it's, it's kind of baffling to me that someone would train before they went on the challenge and... 
were about to compete in an intense physical competition. It's, it's wild to me that someone would actually go out and prepare for it uh, in a way that would lead to them potentially winning uh, a gross sum of money. It's just, it's just odd to me that Katie would do something like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm completely shocked that she would train for the show. Not really. I would, I would hope someone going on the challenge would train. Um, good on Katie for, for doing that. But I guess these older competitors are, they're cut from a different cloth. They're not as in tune with how the challenge works today. It's a lot more physical than it was in the past. Some of these people might not have known that they needed to train before coming on this this season here. But it's just funny to me that Katie had to, to point that out, that she was working out before the show, because I'd say it's pretty much a given in the challenge these days. But Katie does mention her one weakness in the challenge is heights, and she struggles with the challenges where they're suspended over water and they, they have a, a, a chance of falling in. Seconds later, we smash cut to the challenge and of course it would be a challenge where they're suspended over water and there's a chance of them falling uh, to uh, probably most likely an awkward position and hurting themselves in the process. Um, fantastic uh, producing by the show. It's just a, a, a fantastic moment where you get Katie mentioning how she's scared, and then the next moment we, we enter right into what she's scared of. Um, but with that being said, it is challenge time. Uh, today's challenge is on the ropes. Uh, awesome challenge. I love this challenge. It really shows who the competitors were um, on this season. You got a great idea of what's really going on in this challenge. Entertaining throughout. Uh, not too long, like some challenges last week was was a, it dragged a bit but this challenge is perfect concise and to the point very entertaining and it gave us a great view of of how the dynamics in the house are really working so i i can't praise this challenge enough it was just it was really good and uh all stars overall has just been really good and this is another notch on the belt so basically the point of this challenge there's a structure suspended over water. There's five ropes um, going across uh, in different positions so that you would use the ropes to help you cross from uh, platform to platform. So you're going back and forth uh, on the ropes. And then once you complete that, you release a rope. Uh, and then whoever releases the most ropes, five being the most, the fastest would win the challenge. There's four teams of five, which doesn't really make sense because you have 19 people, meaning that one of the males has to compete twice. Um, so the, the breakdown's kind of weird. They probably should have just made it an individual challenge like they did on the second episode, but it's fine. This is an awesome challenge, so there's no need to complain that much. Um, Mark says that he wants to win so he can shake up the house with a lifesaver. Fantastic masking of who the winner of the challenge will be producers uh, really enjoyed that but no um this is just the first time mark mentions wanting to use a lifesaver and really mark like, why do you want to do that we'll we'll get into it uh more as we get to the actual strategy uh, part of the party scene but just why does mark want to use the lifesaver it doesn't really make sense another interesting 
part of this whole challenge was the team captaincy selections for the women uh, because they, it was their elimination day. They were picking captains to see who would go in from which team if they lost, which led to some very entertaining uh, little short clips uh, from each team. And it gave, a, it gave a great idea of the, the dynamics going on within the female side of the game and how their eliminations would play out and who was really aligned with who. And we got to see a little bit of uh, the relationship dynamics as well. Um, Ruthie is the captain of our winning team of Mark, Anissa, it's Derek, and then it's Yes, which was a, a pretty stacked team to begin with. Kind of wild that that was the teams that the producers selected randomly because I could have I I did say when I was watching the show oh they're easily going to win that's a that's first of all they have three guys and then they have Ruthie who's another really strong competitor. They're obviously going to win this. I was uh, vindicated in this situation. I'm not usually right, but I was right in this case. That's the team there. Ruthie is over the drama with Anissa, she mentions. And I think maybe I was wrong about Ruthie. You see it later in the challenge. She is able to go back and forth pretty quickly for her team. And overall, Ruthie has a nice showing this episode. I talked about not really being interested in Ruthie as a character in the second episode, but she is impressive here, and maybe I was wrong. She gets another stamp of approval, one from Darrell. I might have been wrong about Ruthie. I'm I'm open to being wrong about Ruthie. I I never had a problem with Ruthie on the sh- being on the show. I just thought she didn't offer as much as others. But I could be wrong. She could be a big player in this game, and uh, she impressed me in this episode at least. Next team, uh, it's it's the girls on this team are Arissa, Katie. And John A. Arissa makes John A. be a captain, which is it's kind of funny because she was never a captain before, and Arissa just goes out and says that. I wasn't sure at first if Katie was a captain, but I assumed that she was the captain of the losing team last week when the when it was a guy's day. Uh, that team of Nehemiah and Easy, and I think Jemmy. I guess Katie was the captain of that team. I didn't really remember that, but Arissa was the captain of uh, the the week one team. I just, it was funny how John A. just got thrust into that position, which didn't really end up mattering because they didn't come in last, but it was that was funny. And then you see Jenny finesse her way out of being the captain of her team with Beth. I believe it was Beth, Cyrus, and... Who was it? Beth, Cyrus, oh, Nehemiah, and Jemmy. And Jemmy kind of snakes her way out of being the captain. Uh, we don't really see how. It's, it's like a short, offhand comment. But Jemmy doesn't have to be the captain of that team, and that was her plan all along. She doesn't really want to be caught up in everything, and she has the political power to stay out of elimination from the nomination vote. So she's just making her way along here and not getting voted in. Classic challenge strategy. More fun than the golden school rule, for sure, and uh, I'm just enjoying how the strategy is working on this show so far. And then we get to uh, Hisela, uh, Kendall, and... uh, I don't remember who the third person on that team was, but it doesn't really matter because Hisella just goes out and says she doesn't trust Kendall at all and wants her to be captain because she thinks if Hisella is captain, Kendall will not try. And uh, it's it's pretty funny. Probably not true. Kendall really seems like she would give her all no matter what. But she has, Hisella mentioned she, she quit in challenges in the past. I guess she was referring to the week one challenge and then the second week she obviously didn't step off the platform. So I guess Ken- Kendall has a track record of not giving her all, but 
she really doesn't. She is a very impressive competitor, and uh, we'll see that as the challenge gets going. But it's funny how Sella doesn't trust Kendall and needs her to be captain. Um, but it's, it's time to get in to the challenge itself. Um, the first matchup uh, is the team with Kendall and then facing off against John A's team. Nothing really to note besides Kendall being a complete beast. Um, uh, she she actually ends up going twice on this uh, heat. And it, I'm not going to lie, I've been on Team Jemmy. I've been supporting Jemmy, uh, thinking that she would be the most successful female on the season. But Kendall, Kendall is impressive. She won that elimination against Trishel and then here she absolutely beats this competition watch out for Kendall that's all I gotta say and then the other thing I wanted to mention about this he was Alton and his terrible team uh, he kind of drew the short end he was lucky it wasn't a guys elimination day because his team wasn't the greatest they all of them struggled uh, oh yeah, it was Katie, John A, and Arissa. Um, not great there. And then the guy he had was Big Easy, who's not going to be great at pulling himself on ropes. So Alton kind of drew the short end of the straw. But my thought during the challenge was, why not have your weaker players drop off your rope? Unless the the we didn't hear all the rules and there, you weren't allowed to intentionally drop, but Katie ends up dropping anyway, and Hisella falls off the ropes as well. I didn't run, really understand why that wasn't their strategy. I was saying, you have your weaker players drop off. Uh, so Alton could have just went by himself. He would have had at least four or three ropes the whole time, and he could have just went back and forth and beast the whole thing at one anyway. Kind of like a Boston Robin All-Stars in that immunity challenge where they had to retrieve the flags, from, uh, and they had to balance on the, the beam there, and then they had the, the face-off zone and all, but Boston Rob was beasting that. The, the, the Shapiro tribe would just drop off the platform and let Rob go. I didn't really get why they wouldn't let Alton do that because he would have probably been successful with two ropes. It doesn't really make sense to me unless there were some rules explained that we didn't get to see, but uh, Alton would have beasted that challenge if he was allowed to go more. Uh, and another thing from that heat, John A. falling in the water, after Kellyanne kind of laps her, and Johnny's about to reach a platform. She's been sliding on two ropes the whole time, and then at the last second, Kellyanne sneaks onto the platform and drops Johnny off. Hilarious. Uh, and then you, uh, this heat was fantastic. You also had Darrell um, talking about Big Easy on the ropes. He, I don't want to curse. I don't want this uh, podcast to become an explicit one, but. Uh, Darrell basically calls Easy an overgrown leprechaun uh, going number two, is, is what I'll say. Darrell's just been dynamite in confessionals all season. He was good in double agents as well. He's He doesn't really bring too much to the actual house itself. He, he kind of sits back, uh, bides his time, and then wins when he's sent in, but... <laughs> This is this is great here. His confessionals are always on point, and having him uncensored is even better because he he does curse a lot, and it just adds to the humor of the the situation. And uh, Easy is a is is a, he does look like a leprechaun, <laughs> and it, it's it's just funny. Um, Katie ends up dropping off the rope. Uh, 
well, she actually doesn't even get on the rope. She drops off the platform before she even jumps off on the rope because she is scared. This is kind of important because it's it's sort of the reason that Katie nominates herself to go into elimination, as explained later by Mark. But she that's what she does here, and she makes that decision for herself and mentions later in the episode that in some circumstances she would prefer to go into elimination as to opposed to going and doing a, a difficult challenge. And to each their own. Everyone has their own preferences, but Katie probably could have just... I know she's scared, but she probably could have just hopped up on the rope. Then fallen off there. Hasella did that, and she didn't really catch any flag for it. Maybe this wasn't actually a big deal, and Katie just used that as the reason that she wanted to go in. And if you want to go even bigger brain, Katie wasn't planning on going in until Mark won, and he told her he'd use the lifesaver and... Katie just used that as, as an excuse. Well, Mark wanted to use a lifesaver, and Katie used that as an excuse to nominate herself so that Mark could save her. And I don't know. You could just big brain it like that. Um, maybe that's what's going on there, but to each their own, Katie. Um, uh, and then we get to finally, uh, towards the end of this heat, we get an offhand comment from Hacella talking about um, something Landon, or not Landon, when I was writing it in my notes, I put Landon too. Something Alton does that attracts uh, Hasella. And I thought when I was watching the episode at first, the first viewing I had, that this was just an odd uh, offhand comment that they threw in there. But it turns out being more substantial in that in the preview for next episode, we do see a little scene between uh, Hasella and Alton. And they, they might be getting a little closer. And uh, just being a bit, uh, just friends and their relationship might be developing a bit. Next heat, we have uh, the team captained by Beth going against our winning team, which is captained by Ruthie. Um, they absolutely dominate that that um, that heat there. Uh, it starts off close. Nehemiah is facing off against Derek in the beginning. And Nehemiah kind of has an inexcusable mistake. I know I talked earlier in the episode I talked about him potentially being a challenger for the crown this season but he makes a big mistake here one that uh, a more seasoned veteran most likely wouldn't make him and Derek are facing off they're pretty close but Derek ends up winning Nehemiah is on five ropes and the fact that he fell off probably five feet away from the platform after doing the whole entire challenge um, fine uh, and being that close with Derek is kind of inexcusable. Uh, it's it's probably the reason his team lost. Um, they would have finished uh, before the other losing team, Johnny's captain team. But they, or they would have dropped more ropes in order to not go into elimination if Nehemiah stayed on to the four ropes he still had left after the first one was dropped. So an inexcusable mistake by Nehemiah, I'd say. And probably the reason that Beth ends up having to go in. But this heat was uh, an impressive one for Ruthie. Like I mentioned earlier, she was able to complete the challenge. And this challenge definitely gave us an idea who the top girls in the the house are. You have Kendall, who was able to dominate this one. Kellyanne also did very well. Ruthie looked impressive uh, once again. And finally, it was Jemmy. Jemmy didn't complete anything, but she was on a bad team, making her way across the room, and she just got called out. I think Jemmy's still up there on the upper echelon of, or maybe just below it, 
but her politics definitely catch her up in that case and her ability to maneuver within the game is it kind of brings her up to that top tier of of the women in the house Um, with Kendall probably being at the top I think honestly Kendall doesn't have uh, backing numbers wise but physically she's just I think she might be a step above everyone else maybe Kellyanne is a little bit on her level but other than that I think she's a step above everyone else and right now I want to make the declaration of transition to backing Kendall as my winner Jemmy is in a good spot and she's been performing well and getting a lot of airtime but Kendall's just impressed me too much not to uh, switch to uh, being on her side so my new selections for the people that will go the furthest, I know there's only one winner apparently, but the people that I think will probably make it the furthest in the game are Alton and Kendall. Those are my new selections. Lock them in now. I'm going to back those two until I feel otherwise fit to do so or they get eliminated and I'm completely wrong. But I'm going to switch allegiance to Kendall now uh, and let the record show that. <laughs> But I was seriously impressed by her and Ruthie and Kellyanne uh, in this challenge. But the winners do end up being the team of Mark, yes, Derek, Ruthie, and Anissa. Uh, And Mark, once again, says they once used a lifesaver. Uh, I'll get into it in a second when we get to the, the the strategic part of the party meeting. But I don't I still don't get it. The silver team loses the team of Beth, Cyrus, Nehemiah, and Jemmy. So Beth is definitely going into elimination. She's locked in there. And we cut back to the house. Silver team is having a meeting. They're talking about who they want to put in the elimination against Beth and who Beth would prefer to go to. Beth with some wild ideas here. She wants to go against Katie. Okay, fair. Katie's small. There's some stuff that Katie wouldn't be able to do. But generally, Katie is a stronger competitor than some of the people in there namely Arissa, and then she says she wants to go against Kendall, which is completely baffling to me. Jemmy agrees with me in that she says Kendall will absolutely dominate Beth in anything that there is to do in the elimination space. Silver Team is fortunately able to convince Beth of that, and she doesn't plan on going against Kendall after that. Jemmy also mentions that she thinks Mark will use the lightsaber on Katie. Spot on there. They... You could big brain this, like I said, but Jemmy is probably referring that the house is planning on voting in Katie and that Beth was okay with going against Katie, but maybe Mark told her that Katie's going, I don't know. You could, you could big brain it. I'm just saying, uh, nomination time, Katie ends up nominating herself. Uh, John A points out Katie does have numbers in the house. It doesn't really make sense that she would just throw herself in when maybe the house wasn't planning on doing it anyway. And John A points out maybe it's something she didn't have to do, but I'm just saying, Mark might have wanted Katie to go in so he could use the lightsaber. I'm just saying. Um, But I don't know. It's just a thought. But it is party time. It's a, it's a quick party scene. They're they're having fun. It's it's fun to see the challengers get out and enjoy themselves uh, after the dredge that was double agents and the party scenes there. Alton tells us that Arissa has changed a lot since they were on Real World Las Vegas in two thousand two, the year I was born. Uh, it's funny, 
and she's sort of a loner in the house, kind of on the outside of everything, and she hasn't really integrated uh, that well with living and cohabitating with a bunch of other people. Um, and then it's kind of the Mark show after that. Mark talks to every single girl in the house, uh, accompanied by Derek. And can I just mention that Derek appears to be aligned with Mark, appears to be probably number one allies with him. But Derek is in a great spot. He's he's not considered as big a threat uh, as Mark, but he is in that inner circle and aligned with the best guys in the house. And he probably, and I pro- I also believe that Derek could beat Mark in a finale, any type of situation like that. Derek's just in a fantastic spot, and I don't him seeing, I don't see him ever getting thrown in by anyone. And I think Derek could absolutely dominate the final. Derek's set up into in a really good position, and he's been getting a decent amount of screen time. Just wanted to mention, watch Derek as well. So keep people on your watch list, Derek. Mark, still, he can be on there, I guess. Alton was my pick. Ruthie, Kendall, Darrell is always good. And Jemmy, those are those are my those are my big players right now. Derek's in a great spot. But back to Mark. Mark's talking to every girl in the house. Uh, he wants to see if they're open to him using the lightsaber. Maybe he knows he's using it already, and he wants to justify it towards everyone in the house. But if not, and Mark didn't have that plan... I just don't see why this is smart. He doesn't know the exact powers of the lifesaver. I guess playing devil's advocate and being on Mark's side in this situation, he wants to see what the lifesaver does. In future weeks, he can he can curry favor with the women in the house, and if he is in a position to be put into elimination, they will potentially take him out because he was there for them. I don't know. It's there's a lot of it's pretty complex the whole situation, but. Overall, I just think the idea of Mark using the lifesaver here is, is a bad idea. It's unnecessary. He's not really – none of his big allies are going in. It's Katie. Uh, Katie's probably indifferent towards most of the people in the house. It's just overall – it's it's confusing to me uh, why he does end up using it. But he does, and I guess we can only analyze that and the reasons he does this. One, he wants to see what the lifesaver does, and two, trying to – show the women that he'll keep his word and that if he's ever in a position where he needs a lifesaver from them, they will potentially use it on him. I guess Mark's position hasn't changed overall, just it wouldn't have had to change in the first place if he didn't consider using it. Just just thoughts, um, but that's pretty much the whole party scene there. We go back to the house uh, leading up to the elimination. Mark is talking to Arissa. And Arissa claims that she still wants to be in the house. She still wants to fight and compete. And just because she's that zen doesn't mean she wants people messing with her money. She She's there to win, apparently. Not very convincing after seeing what happens uh, in the elimination. But she does end up saying that. And Mark promises Arissa that she would be safe if he used a lifesaver. And he would nominate Kendall because he, that's the only person he really is exhausted by. There you go. Mark, the only thing is Mark doesn't know the exact power of the lifesaver. So it's it's risky to promise all of this stuff and not have an actual idea that this is actually going to happen. That's my thing with Mark. And he also promises Kendall that she'll be fine. It's, that's, that's my prop. That's where I, I have an issue with what Mark does here. He's kind of being flaky at this point. 
and he there's no need for him to do that. He's been good at deflecting stuff and putting himself in a position where he wouldn't be considered for elimination and just being this out in the open and I guess Jemmy mentioned it, this power hungry and uh, controlling. It doesn't really make sense, but uh, he has game plan and just let him execute on his plan, I guess. But the the last two scenes uh, before elimination are Beth talking to Yes and Beth's just saying that she's she's ready to go in elimination. My ideas of her quitting have, have pretty much ceased at this point. I just, I thought it might have been something that was going to happen earlier in the episode. But Beth also calls her family and we get a little funny comment from her daughter. Uh, she says that uh, the house is less likely to catch on fire with Beth not being there. Kind of implying that Beth indulges in a little arsenic activity in her free time when she's at home. I guess we could see Beth doing that, but kind of an odd comment in there. But it is elimination time, and we know Katie's probably not going to make an elimination, and that the lightsaber is going to be used on her because she gets no preparation scene as opposed to Arissa. Arissa's not technically in the elimination, so why are we doing that other than the fact that she was about to be thrown in? But that's that's just a... Uh, just a thought there. It's elimination time. The elimination this episode actually looked cool. It was called Wall Ball, I believe. It looked like it would have been interesting, but uh, we don't actually end up getting to see it. TJ is talking to, after he calls down Beth and Katie, he's talking to Mark and asking if he wants to use the lifesaver. Uh, Mark says that 99% of the girls in the house wanted to see what the lifesaver does. I kind of remember Kellyanne saying no. She thought it would be dumb if Mark used the lifesaver. But the math doesn't really make sense if Kellyanne said no, 99%. I'm, last week I mentioned I'm no mathematician. There's There's been a decent amount of math on this season so far. But one out of nine, or t- it's ten, one out of ten people saying that they don't want to see the lifesaver would not be... 99%. Mark's a little off with his math there. But yes is the real engineer in the group. So we can't really expect that much out of Mark. Um, just uh, interesting there. Um, but Mark does end up using the lifesaver on Katie. And we find out that the House is actually the one that votes for the nominee to go back to the renomination. Basically is, is a House vote. It's not going to be the person that wins the lifesaver like we originally thought. Which leads to it, which leads to a very entertaining scene of people voting. But my thing is, the show probably, uh, the producers of the show should have left the lifesaver, um, the renomination power in the hands of the person that wins it, because then people would be more prone to use it. Uh, this is probably going to be the only time we see the lifesaver come into play, unless it's someone completely on the outs, like a Kendall, winning a challenge and the lifesaver. That's my only thought there, but what we get because Mark uses it here and we don't know that the house is voting is extremely entertaining and fun to watch. Um, and the house has to vote for someone. Darrell was put on the spot first, um, which leads to a funny comment from him. But he ends up asking Beth what she wants and who she wants to go into elimination. And she mentions Arissa, which is the reason Arissa gets voted in. A lot of people uh, vote for her in, and she, that's what leads to her being upset. But votes get thrown all around. I think four people ended up getting votes. The ones I can remember are Arissa, Anissa, Kellyanne gets one from Arissa, and I think Kendall gets a few votes. Those are your four main people getting votes there. 
but Arissa gets a majority and she gets voted in, but it's, it's fun seeing the whole house go around and everyone's reaction to someone who votes for them. Anissa had a funny reaction when Big Easy voted for her. And it's, it was just, it was fun to see that character scene, uh, for everyone, uh, entrenched in the little strategic area. But Arissa does un- end up getting a majority of the votes, so she is going in. Um, and Arissa talked about her zen a lot this episode, but Beck gets completely abandoned when she gets nominated by the house. She walks down there and asks if she can fight Beth. Um, not really the characteristics of someone that is uh, more zen and practices that sort of lifestyle, but it works for Arissa, I guess, and she doesn't like people messing with her money, as she mentioned earlier in the episode. But I said the elimination looked fun here. We don't end up getting to see it. It'll probably be on next episode based off the preview. But Beth probably would have won this anyway after TJ explained what it was. I don't see Arissa being able to throw up the medicine balls over the walls like they were supposed to. Maybe Arissa saw the writing on the wall and she decided to go out with a bang as opposed to lose like that. I don't really understand it. Uh, but Arissa mentions that she doesn't respect the way that the house voted her in and says she wouldn't be able to move back into the house uh, if she did win the elimination, which she was, she says she was going to win. But Arissa mentioned the money earlier in the episode, and I had really, this kind of just doesn't come off as genuine to me. And I, I think Arissa saw the writing on the wall, and she knew she was going to lose. And she just kind of wanted to go out that way. I don't really see how that would have been better than her losing. Maybe she genuinely was upset. If we uh, look at her from her her side, she just got voted in by a bunch of people. She wasn't really... She kind of got ganged up on by a bunch of people um, that she didn't really know. And I don't know. It's a tough situation. It's it's tough to see her go, but I don't know. It's it's frustrating when people quit the show because there was people that could have been on the season that would have actually competed. I think an alternate was Casey. There was was other people that could have been on the season and they didn't get to play because Arissa was in that spot. I was fine with Arissa being on the show. She wasn't really offering too, too much, but it was fine having her there. And then quitting is kind of just, I don't know, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when someone quits. And TJ also has a bad taste in his mouth. He says, uh, don't take care, and I hope to see you never as he blows the air horn. And Arissa is eliminated. Beth wins the easiest elimination of her life that she probably would have won anyway, but I'm happy Beth's still in the game. I mentioned that earlier. And... That's pretty much it. TJ talks to everyone else after Arissa has left the set and says that they are so close to the money. Uh, and they're they're right there. They're that close to doing the thing, as he says. I don't want to speculate anymore. I did enough at the beginning of the episode. But it's just interesting that he said that they are close to the money. But yeah, that's it. That's the whole episode. Tough to see Arissa go out like that. But overall, just a very entertaining episode with the, the awesome challenge and the vote. And uh, I'm very much so looking forward to next week and uh, the twist that TJ mentioned is going to happen. But that's it for me. I have nothing else to go over here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DuskaTweeter, D-U-S-K-A-T-W-E-E-T-E-R. Uh, check out the earlier episodes from the season on DuskaPop.com or on any major podcast platforms. Just search Duska's Pop. D-U-S-K-A apostrophe S-P-O-P and you can subscribe to this podcast on any of those major podcast platforms as well and I wanted to thank everyone who is listening for doing so 
and I'm excited to chat with you guys next week. All right. Have a good one, everyone.